0: universe uh uh option all right so uh so think about it think about it if you need to form a study group really quick to get this go ahead do that all right uh all in favor of option a raise your hand option b raise your hand stop that all right and option c raise your hand very good let's try it now that is your hypothesis and oh and d raise your hand yeah, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. All right. So, all right, we're going to drop the phone. All of you who said C, congratulations. You've passed Steve's physics class today. Give yourself a round of applause, all right? Gravity is obviously always going to work on objects, right? We know that. We have faith in gravity. No one has ever said that what goes up must stay up, right? We say what goes up must come down And if we want to get a little bit more technical, we know that it's going to accelerate towards the earth at 9.81 meters per second squared. Doesn't matter. You always have faith that gravity is always going to work. You put faith in gravity every single day. In fact, you don't even question whether gravity is going to work. I guarantee no one woke up this morning lying in their bed contemplating, you know, I wonder if when I step out of bed if I'm going to land on the floor this morning. None of you had to think twice about the fact that when you sit in your chair that, uh, that you are going to actually sit down, right? You don't think about it. You just naturally assume that gravity is going to work. We place faith in it and an expectancy in it that is so driven and hardwired into us that we don't even have to think about it. And this, this evening, what I want to propose to you is that I believe that when it comes to the promises of God described in Scripture, the Lord wants us to operate in our lives with the same level of faith in the promises of Scripture as we do in the laws of gravity and of physics. That if we can trust that what goes up must come down in a universe that was created by the God of the Bible, then we can trust that the God of the Bible and what He says in His Bible, in His Word— is true and can be taken at, that, at, at its face value. Amen? The deal is, is that people who look at the promises of God, at the power of God, and the miraculous work of God with the same level of faith and expectation as we look at gravity, those were the people that saw the miraculous happen throughout Scripture. And this evening, I want to look at that, and I want to look at a story of a woman who exemplifies this really well in Mark chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can turn them there. We encourage you to bring your Bibles to Kai Alpha, underline stuff, write in the margins, whatever. If you need a Bible, you don't have a Bible, we have free ones in the back, uh, and you can pick one up on your way out at the info table but in Mark chapter 5, Jesus is, uh, is on his way to go do something else. And Jesus is growing in popularity at this point. And so he is found being surrounded by a group of people. And they're all kind of pressing against him. And in verse 24 of chapter 5, we pick up this story. It says, A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. So literally, this woman was penniless because everything had gotten invested into finding a solution to her healing. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus... She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, everyone say immediately. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Everybody say praise God. God. All right, good job. We're participating. Uh, now i got you guys pumped up. So here we go. Verse 30. At once, Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? <laughs> he might have said it just like that. Yeah, maybe. He's, I don't know. I, I always picture Jesus as like super gentle. Who touched my clothes? Right. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. But he said, who touched my clothes? And The disciples said, you see the people crowding against you? His disciples answered, and yet you asked, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. I love how she's like, I must confess, I touched the hem of your garment, right? And then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering if you're here tonight and you need a move of God in your life maybe you're here tonight and you know someone who needs a move of God in their life I believe this that God is calling us tonight to increase our level of expectation when it comes to the miraculous that we would be like this woman and say ah ah I have heard about this Jesus, and if I can just touch his cloak, if I can just get near him, if I can just have even a brief moment of an encounter with him, something is going to change. You might be here tonight, you say, Steve, I don't even know if God really exists. My friend, for you, I really do believe this, that God wants to have a real and authentic encounter with you tonight, and I cannot wait to see what it is that he wants to do in your life, but all that is required of you tonight is that you would open your heart to the possibility that maybe he does want to interact with you. You see this story tells us a couple things about who Jesus is and tonight I want to make sure that that we understand this cuz it it doesn't we can't really have true expectation of what God can do if we don't have a true understanding of who he is. Notice it says that That she had heard about this Jesus. So something that she had heard about Jesus built her expectation to the place that said, I just want to touch this guy and I'm going to get healed. This story communicates some things about who Jesus is. One of those things is that Jesus is capable of healing and of the miraculous in our lives. He is capable. The woman said, if I just touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus, it says in Scripture that power came out of him. That power, that word power there is actually in the original language that the Bible was written in. It was written in Greek, and it is the word dynamis, which means uh, essentially a power, an explosive power. It's where we get the word dynamite from. It's not just a little bit of power, it is a strength power. It's an ability power that is explosive. Jesus is capable of healing, and we need to believe that tonight. Another thing that this story tells us about Jesus is that he is concerned. The beautiful thing about who Jesus is is that he's not just capable of healing, but he's concerned about the things that need healing in our lives. It wouldn't do us any good if Jesus was infinitely powerful, if he wasn't also infinitely caring. Jesus is both, both infinitely powerful and he's infinitely loving, and he's, because of that love, he has compassion on us, and he's caring. You notice how he, he noticed the woman despite the large crowd. So I love this story because Jesus says the, the crowd is, is pressing up against him. Right? And then all of a sudden, this woman reaches out. He feels the power come out of him. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who touched me? And I'm sure his disciples were sitting there. And they're like, Jesus, you picked the wrong time to become a germaphobe all of a sudden. You know? You, like, What are you talking about, Jesus? Like, you are in the middle of a mosh pit. There's a bunch of people touching you. Who touched me? And Jesus didn't say that because there was a global pandemic going on, all right? He said that because he felt the power come out of him. He noticed this lady. Now, Jesus could have done this. He could have just been like, he's be walking along, you know, people are pressing up against him. The woman crawls through the crowd, touches the hem of his garment, and he feels the power come out of him, right? He's like, Ooh. and he could have just kept moving, Right? But he didn't do that. He said, stop. Some power just came out of me. Well, there's people touching you all. There's just people everywhere, Jesus. Come on now. Let's keep moving. We got business to do. It's like, no, 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 no. And he made sure to give this woman individual attention, even amidst the crowd of people that were hungry for his time, hungry for his love, hungry for his attention, hungry for his miraculous signs, all of that stuff. I think sometimes we forget that we serve a God that's not just infinitely powerful, but is infinitely concerned about the things going on in our lives. Maybe you're here tonight, you say, well, I don't know, Steve, there might be a God, there might not be, but even if there was, there's probably no way that he would be concerned about me. Oh, my friend, you. I want you to know tonight that there is a God who is who is intimately, uh, intimately understands every single detail of your life and wants to be involved with all of it. I hear a lot from even people who have been following God for a while, you know, I, I, don't, I just don't think this is worth bothering God about. Which is an interesting statement, really, if you think about it. You maybe have felt that way before as well. That you're like, ah, I don't know. Maybe, I don't think God would be concerned. God's got bigger fish to fry than my little problem that I'm dealing with. My sore big toe isn't that big of a deal. I can just buck up and I can just kind of, you know, deal with this. When we say that, it's actually a pretty significant theological faux pas, if you think about it. Because to say that God is somehow busy with other things is to actually place God in a finite box. If God really is infinite, he is not bound by time or space. And if we truly believe that about God, then he can be infinitely concerned about every single issue in your life and in the 7 billion people's lives that walk on the face of the planet, all at the same time. So to say, God, ah, this problem isn't big enough for you to worry about, is actually, I think, does God an incredible disservice for who he is, and for his awesome, awesome power, and the magnitude of his being. You see, with God, since he's infinite, there's nothing too big or too small for him. A giant miracle and what we would deem a small miracle are of the same challenge for our infinite God. God desires to interact with you relationally because he's concerned about you. Isn't that beautiful? If Jesus was only about the miracle, he would have just kept walking. And this story would have read, and the woman got healed in a drive-by healing, right? It wasn't a drive-by healing. He made sure to give her attention. That's the God we serve. He's not just capable, he's concerned. And then finally, he's also competent. What do I mean by that? Well, there's a difference between capability and competent. For example, if you were about to go into brain surgery and, uh, uh, and you ask the, the surgeon, uh, are you a good brain surgeon? And they said, yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I would be a little bit worried, right? I would want a brain surgeon who's done this before and who is an expert in the area of, of obviously, neuroscience, right, and would be able to perform a really good brain surgery on me. What we have to understand is that when it comes to the situations, to the physical, to the emotional, all this other stuff in our lives, where we need healing, where we need the miraculous, there is no better solution than Jesus, And we look to the world like this woman did a lot of times, right? We seek the world. We seek uh, the world's solution. We seek the world's peace. And a lot of times, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't go to the doctor. That's not what I'm saying, all right? But a lot of times we seek the world for peace and the world's solutions for peace in our lives and for restoration in our lives. And usually it comes up to have us feeling hopeless, feeling like we've sought everything and the situation only gets worse instead of getting better. We've probably all been there before. So I don't know what it is that you are looking to bring you peace tonight, to bring you restoration, to bring you comfort, but God wants to be your, not just your, your an answer that, that might work, but he wants to be the final say and the only answer to bring that solution to you. So if we build this expectation, if we understand that Jesus is capable, that he's concerned and he's competent, then it builds our faith to know that he can heal us in a couple different areas. And uh, we're going to kind of spend the, the, the rest of tonight with story time. Is that okay? All right. I, I want to tell a bunch of stories because I think that the stories are powerful and we're going we're gonna to jump into some things. So there's four different areas that we, I believe that Jesus wants to heal us in our lives. The first one that we're going to talk about is that we can expect emotional healing to take place in our lives. Jesus is capable of healing us emotionally. He is the most competent person to do that, and he's concerned about the emotional hurt in your life. This woman was at her last straw. Jesus knew that, and he stepped in when she was in a hopeless situation. And then we see throughout Scripture— That Jesus also casts out demons. He raises dead people. He comforts those in peril. It says he is the bringer of peace. He's the prince of peace. He brings joy. And that he turns mourning into dancing. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, that's good news. That's really good news. And when you find yourself in a situation when you need peace, when you need joy, when you need restoration, Jesus wants to bring healing in that area. I have a... My friend uh, Matt recently just lost his, his little brother uh, in December, about four weeks ago. Uh, many of you know Matt. Uh, he was involved in Kai Alpha up through last year, and uh, he and his wife Katie uh, got a phone call about four weeks ago that his little brother of 22 had gotten in a snowboarding accident and had a traumatic brain injury, and they weren't sure what was going to happen. And so they rushed to Canada, and uh, by the time they got there, it was very apparent that, that Kyle wasn't going to make it. And they got to say goodbye to Kyle, and Kyle passed away four weeks ago. And uh, I've been walking with my friend through this, and guys, i got to be honest with you, I don't have the words to say. I can't make things better. I'm not a trained counselor, and even if I was, I don't even know how much help I could be in something that is so incredibly tragic and so incredibly shocking. I have a little brother, and I can't imagine what that would be like. But I've watched my friend Matt, who loves Jesus dearly, lean on his relationship with Christ in this season. And that doesn't mean that that Matt is all hunky-dory. It doesn't mean that he's just... Life is just puppy dogs and candy canes right now for him. If you talk to Matt, he'll tell you that life isn't super fun right now. But he has a Jesus who wants to bring him emotional healing and peace and joy every single day. And we've sat and we've talked and we've cried together. And he says, Steve, I just... I can't imagine doing this without Jesus. He said, I'm so thankful to know that Kyle's in heaven, and I'm so thankful to know that Jesus is alongside with me. And in this season... That would have been very easy to to get mad at God. He said, "No, no, I'm going to press through the pain. I'm going to press through the crowd of anger. I'm going to press through the crowd of not understanding why this would happen. And I'm going to get to the feet of Jesus because I know that it is there and only there that I'm going to get healing." And my friend, if you're if you are if you're avoiding. If you're avoiding Jesus in the area of emotional healing for whatever reason, run to his feet tonight. Reach out and grab his cloak. He wants, to, he wants to have an encounter with you. We can expect emotional healing when we come into the presence of God. Second area is that we can expect situational healing. We notice in this story that this woman was out of options. She needed something to shift in her situation. Jesus has the ability to bring the miraculous, not just to our emotions, but to physical situations. Jesus calmed storms. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. He multiplied fish and bread so that he could feed thousands of people. And God wants to do that. If you're here tonight and you need a financial miracle, you need a relational miracle, you need a miracle in your family, you need a miracle in a circumstance. I believe that God can do that, and we have to be expectant for it. If you talk to the the king of of situational miracle stories, is a guy named uh, Jim Schultz. Many of you have met Jim Schultz. He directs camp. A.N. out in western Alaska. We send a team out there every year on a missions trip, and Camp A.N. has some of the most incredible situational miracle stories, and I mean, dozens and dozens. I could listen to Jim for a long time, but one story that I wanted to share with you guys tonight that I thought was really cool was there was this one time they were getting ready for camp, and camp happens on an island in the middle of the Yukon River Delta. It's accessible only by boat, so if the boat doesn't work, camp doesn't happen, and so uh, they're getting ready for camp. They're in the middle of setup, and the boat breaks down. Problematic, right? They need a completely new motor on motorhead on this on this thing, right? Like completely redone. So they. They call a place in Anchorage, and miraculously, they have a motor that's going to work, and they can get it out there. Miraculously, they get it shipped in time, and they get it out to Emonic, Alaska. They get it out there. They open up the box. They need to put this motor together, and the motor didn't come with a wiring configuration. It was a used motor, and it did come with a wiring configuration. So literally, they have no idea what wires go where and there's wires sticking out all all over this thing right and i mean these guys are very savvy mechanics but like nobody knows how to do this if you don't have a wiring configuration right and they said, well, this is ridiculous. And, I mean, this was before you could just, like, Google layering configuration, right? Like, this was before that. And they said, okay, God, we believe There's we need to pray. And they said, God, we believe that you want camp to happen more than we want camp to happen. And we need this boat to make camp happen. And so you're going to do the miraculous. And Jim said they literally just started hooking wires up randomly, all right? I mean, I don't. I want to ask, I want to ask Jim, Pastor Jim, like, how many wires do you think there were? And then I want to figure out the probability of getting this all correct, all right? So then they're like, okay, they, we prayed, let's do this. And they go to turn the boat on. First try, the boat fires up, and they have camp. Yeah, that should, like, be like, wow, that's pretty cool, Right? God is capable of even a miracle in the wiring of a boat. Do you think he's concerned about the intricate details of your life? I better believe it. You better believe it. Situational healing. Now, if you need a financial miracle, I just want to put a disclaimer out there. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go out to your glove box after this, and somehow you're going to open it up, and there's going to be like like 100 Gs sitting in there. That's probably not going to happen. But tonight, maybe God is going to bless you with the wisdom needed in order to start making some different choices in the area of your finances to bring financial blessing into your life. Maybe tonight that miracle is going to come in the form of Steve saying, yeah, I would like to help you out to get to retreat because finances are tough right now. I want to help you out with a little bit of scholarship money to get to retreat. The third area that we can expect healing in is in the area of physical healing, physical healing. Obviously, this woman was physically healed, but in other places in Scripture, we see lepers get cleansed, bleeding stopped, blind eyes open, paralyzed men walk, people get raised from the dead. I mean, amazing things, right? And I have watched God do this in people's lives time and time again, but I want to share one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite healing stories with you guys. Uh, I was at... Uh, it was my first summer in Alaska, and God was really stretching me in this area that I'm just talking about tonight, that He is capable of healing, and that He wants to do this not only in our lives, but through our lives as well. I was a junior in college, and I was interning at Little Beaver Camp, where we're doing retreat, and, uh, and I'd watched God heal some people up to this point, and uh, that evening, we, we had this, this giant football player come out to camp. And he was super athletic, and he was, like, super huge, super muscular. And I had this really awesome idea that, that Steve, if, uh, you know, I just kind of was doing the math in my head, and I was like, listen, if you blob me, I will probably go really high in the air, right? This sounds like a lot of fun. And so uh, we kind of, like, uh, ignored a bunch of camp rules, and we're like, we're going to go for it. And so this guy blobs me. And he weighed more than twice as much as me, all right? So I literally just like, lo- I almost went into orbit. I mean, it was so awesome, right? And phew, so uh, another one of the, one of the, the people at camp, uh, one of the interns at Little Beaver, uh, they said, oh, that's, that looks so awesome. I want to try that, right? Well, so he jumps on. His name was Jeremiah. He jumps on the blob, and this guy's going to go blob him. And I don't know exactly what happened. I think the initial impact actually, like, knocked him out momentarily because I have it on film. Like, literally, literally, he, like, went up, and it was like he— he just like went limp. It was like, and it was like, he was a dead man floating through the air and he didn't even try to like move his arms to land correctly. So he just like, he's just dead weight. And he's just like, and he lands head first onto the water. And I was like, Oh, that looked pretty nasty. He gets up and he's screaming in pain. I go over, I actually kayaked over to him and like, I was like, are you okay? And he's like, and he's screaming in pain. I, I jump off my kayak, help him to the to help him to the shore. And uh, later that evening, he said, "Steve, I know I th- I think th- I think there's a disc out of place in my neck. Uh, this has happened before to me, and uh, and I, I like I like cannot move." I said, "Well, listen, we'll, we gotta take care of service tonight, but we'll take you into Anchorage first thing tomorrow." And uh, that evening, the soundboard wasn't working, and he was the only person that knew how to run soundboard. So I knocked on the door, and I said, hey, Jeremiah, I know you're going to want to kill me right now, but I have no idea how to run a soundboard, and I need your help. And he was so mad. He was cussing at me under his breath, right? And he's walking. No joke, guys. He walked from the dining hall down to the chapel area like this. Okay? Not moving his neck. And he sits at the, at the sound table and runs sound the whole night. That evening, the speaker was preaching a message very similar to this one and about healing and how God is capable of doing these things. And somebody in the room, their ACL got healed. And so I walk over to Jeremiah, and I was like, listen, man, God's healing people in this room. Let's pray for you. And so he's like, okay. And we all just gently lay hands on the back of his neck, and we start to pray. And guys, I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. This is going to sound maybe bizarre to some of you, but I literally felt stuff move in the back of his neck. And when we got done, we said, Jeremiah, how's it feel? And he goes like this. And his eyes get really big. And he goes, bends his neck this way. And he goes, and he couldn't even, like, he couldn't even talk. He was in such amazement. He goes, I... I was about to punch one of you. One of you was was pushing on my neck, and I was about to ready to turn over and punch you, and then I realized, wait a minute, it's not hurting. And all of a sudden, it was completely better. I was like, Jeremiah, none of us were pushing on your neck, man. Like, nobody would do that. We just lightly laid hands on your neck. And no joke, guys, I will never forget it for as long as I live. Jeremiah, that night, went from walking to the chapel like this to literally skipping up and down like a little schoolgirl back to his cabin that night. This is amazing. I was like this, is like, this is like straight out of the Gospels. And God promised us that this could and should happen. Mark 16, verse 17 says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, they will drink deadly poisons and it will not hurt them. And when they place their hands on sick people, they will get well. Those are are words directly from the mouth of Jesus, and we need to believe that that can and that will happen. And the worship team can come back up. The last area that I want to touch on that we can expect healing in is in the area of spiritual healing. And this is the most important one. And if you don't hear anything else I'm saying tonight, you need to hear this, that Jesus wants to bring spiritual life to you. As we sin and and we 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 have let sin into our lives, the Bible says that that sin causes separation from God and to fall short of his glory. But the forgiveness that Jesus made available to us through dying for us on the cross acts as a payment for that sin so that we can be spiritually healed, go from death onto life spiritually, and that we can live life spiritually abundantly in him and through him, and eventually spend eternity with him in heaven. That's the spiritual healing, and that is the greatest miracle that the gospel talks about. I remember we were in Burkina Faso several years ago, a country in West Africa, and we were, uh, the Pastor Philippe, we were t- asking him, we asked him this question, Pastor Philippe, what is the most amazing miracle you have ever seen? And man, this guy, I mean, no joke, this guy sees crazy things happen, like crazy miracles every single week. Stuff happening that that would just blow your mind, right? And so we couldn't wait. We were were all warming up for a bunch of really good miracle stories, you know? And he goes, oh, that's easy. The best miracle that that I ever get to see is when just one person comes to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. There's no greater miracle than that. And through all of my stories, I want you to hear one thing that miracles are designed not to give us great stories. They are are designed to point us towards the Savior that makes those things possible so that we can live in relationship with him all the days of our life. So here's what we're going to do. Tonight, if you are in need of healing, we want to pray for you because we believe that Jesus is capable, he's concerned, and he's competent. If it's a big need or a small need, it doesn't happen. If you need a miracle in a physical, emotional, or situational area of your life, we believe God's going to do that. We're going to be available for prayer in the back, and we don't want you guys to be shy tonight. Uh, At all whatsoever we just want you to come and receive prayer. Maybe you're going to stand in the gap for somebody else you're going to we can intercede with you uh, to for someone else to receive healing as well or uh, in any of these areas. So whatever you need we want to pray for that tonight. If there's nothing that comes immediately to your mind, I want to give you guys the opportunity or after you've been prayed for. I also want to give you the opportunity to Pray and ask, God, that you would be used in the way described by Jesus in Mark 16, verse 17. That you would be used to bring glory to the Father by having God use you in the area of healing. Amen? To say, God, build my faith to be able to be expectant for God to use me. To bring emotional healing, situational healing, physical healing, and spiritual healing into other people's lives. Because he wants to do this through you. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. The last thing I want to just ask you is if you are here tonight and you you need spiritual healing, you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to ask that you uh, would come and find me after the service or find Aaron after the service. And uh, I would love to talk to you about what that means. And I would love to pray with you to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior so you can step into that spiritual healing. So we're going to take our last 10 minutes here, last 10, 15 minutes together, and we're going to pray and ask the Lord to do some work in our lives. Uh, There's some specific areas that as I was praying over this message that I felt like God just wanted to bring healing to. If you're here tonight and you have been struggling uh, sleeping, it has just been something that that has not been going well. Uh, I believe God wants to bring healing to that area and that situation of your life. If you've been struggling with focus, there's been like a, uh, a fog, uh, just like a mental fog that you feel like you haven't been able to get through, and uh, and that's not necessarily normal for you. I believe God wants to heal that tonight. Please come find me. We want to pray for you in that. And then, very specifically, I believe that that the Lord was saying that there's somebody dealing with pain in the in the lower, uh, the lower right side of your back. And the, the very lower right side of your back, and if that's you tonight, I believe that God would not have called any of those things to my attention if He was not having uh, intention on healing them tonight. That's part of the uh, part of the reason the Holy Spirit gives us uh, what the Bible calls words of knowledge is to uh, is to stir up our faith so that we can believe for healing in our lives. So if that's you, I want to pray with you. So I'm going to pray. And then uh, the worship team is going to start to play, and you find a place to, uh, to come and find, uh, find us for prayer. And if you need someone, if you're going to pray to be used in the area of healing, I would ask that you would find someone to pray with tonight before you go. Maybe it's your small group leader, maybe it's a guy or gal in your small group, whatever it might be. But let's be participatory in these last few minutes together. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you that you are a God who heals and that you are a God who is capable, concerned, and competent to heal. And Lord, I just pray that in the next few moments you would move in the area of emotional, situational, physical, and spiritual healing. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're online, Bree is online right now, and Bree's gonna lead you in prayer if you'd like to receive prayer. So uh, if you're on the Zoom call.